Hey lovelies, welcome to the Love is Light podcast and I'm your host, LaKira Kayla. This podcast is tailored towards young women navigating life who are actively seeking ways to grow in self-love and acceptance. Love is Light creates space and awareness to decompress from life and all that comes with it. So you can join me, your host, as I discuss inspirational content that promotes self-love and self-development. Each episode, I'll dive into my own personal experiences or a topic or question that I've been pondering. So if you're interested, then keep listening and stay tuned for more. So today we are going to be talking about self-care. I think this is a really good subject to talk about because in my previous episodes, I kind of have mentioned my self-care practices But I want to dedicate an entire episode to self-care. I'll talk about what it is, why it's important, um, maybe some reasons why we haven't been the greatest at self-care, and different ways that I implement it in my daily life. Um, I think this is so beneficial for everyone to have a self-care practice and a self-care plan so that we can improve our quality of life. So if you are interested in this topic, definitely keep listening and let's get into it. So let's start off by defining what is self-care. So self-care is the act of tending to oneself. Self-care promotes a healthy living and a healthy lifestyle through the means of physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental wellness. Okay, so that's what self-care is. It's the act of tending to yourself, caring for yourself, promoting health and wealth um, in all these different areas of your life. So you cannot have a good quality life without proper self-care practices because once you put yourself at the focus then you are able to show up in the world the way that you need to for other people in all of your different assignments and environments you're in because the only thing that is going to stay constant with you throughout your life is you and your person so of course we need to make sure that we're tending to ourselves and our person every single day. The beauty of self-care and why it's so important is that, as I mentioned before, like you, the only thing that's going to stay constant and consistent throughout your life is the presence of yourself in you. You know, relationships may come and go, jobs may come and go. Um, unfortunately, people may come and go because that's that's the beauty of life, right? We have life and death. Um, But the only thing that's going to stay constant throughout your life is you. So we have to make sure that we are tending to ourselves and we are taking care of ourselves and we're promoting healthy living for ourselves and others so that we can show up in the way that we need to. Okay, so self-care is just really important because it's necessary in order to function. We should all be aware of how to tend to ourselves you should be aware of what your triggers are you should be aware of what you need to do when you're having a bad day when you're in a funk what is going to get you out of that funk you should constantly be aware of what you need at any given time and if you don't know what you need at that given time you should know what to do in order to figure that out um there are many times where 
I am just having a day, a moment, and I'm just like, what is going on? Why am I feeling like this? And a part of self-care is that emotional well-being, right? That emotional and mental well-being. Being able to properly assess your emotions and your mental state and figure out what's going on and what you need. Many times I may be having a bad day and I just don't know what is going on. Like, why did I wake up in such like a mood or whatever? And then once I sit down and I actually start thinking about it and assessing all my feelings, I'm able to pinpoint a trigger. Um, Like, oh, maybe I had a disappointing conversation or maybe somebody made a comment to me. It could be something super small, but we're not always aware of all the little triggers that build up throughout the day that could eventually lead to like, putting us down in a funk or whatever so it's really important to just be really um, mindful with ourselves and our feelings and our emotions and that is an act of self-care but as you're doing that and you're doing these other practices you're able to better understand yourself and you're better able to just function and interact with other people and other things that ultimately is just going to create better interactions and better experiences um, and allow you to make better choices, which is going to improve your quality of life overall. And I'll talk a little bit of what that looked like for me and my experience with implementing self-care because I am one who definitely definitely had a difficult time um, trying to care for myself and putting myself at the center of my day. Um, I'm such a busybody. I was so focused on, you know, trying to accomplish some task or some goal that I really started to lose proper care of myself in like literally every aspect of my life. Um, And so kind of touching on that, some of the risks or maybe some of the barriers that come in place of why we don't properly intimate self-care, I would say for me, number one, stress. Um, I'm such just a busy person. I'm always trying to figure out what I can do next, what I can accomplish, that I don't ever take well, I used to not take the proper time to sit down and kind of really just like be present. I'm extremely future oriented. I'm always thinking about what's next. What do I need to do next? Da, 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 da. Uh, it's very, I've had to learn to intentionally sit down and be in the present. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about a good um, tool that I learned on how to do that more. But yeah, being stressed, um, time, lack of understanding. A lot of us don't see the point in self-care because a lot of us have a misunderstanding of what self-care actually is. Self-care is not just you doing a facial or you taking a bubble bath or it's not always related to your beauty or your aesthetic. Self-care also is like the internal work that you're doing too, like that spiritual, mental and emotional internal work is self-care as well. Self-care is this big buzzword that we see all over social media and you have like people promoting all of their like skincare products and beauty products. Like, yes, that is a form of self-care, but that's not all self-care. And also self-care is going to look differently for everyone. 
For someone, taking a bubble bath is a form of self-care. There may be someone else who like doesn't really care about taking a bubble bath, but maybe taking 30 minutes to read a book is self-care to them. You know, so self-care is going to look different to everyone. And so that's why it's so important to assess yourself and have a good understanding of your needs and your wants and your desires so that you are able to come up with a self-care plan that is specific and unique to your needs in your life. Um, Another barrier of why maybe we don't do a good job of implementing self-care is feeling guilty um, and always putting others first. Um, I know probably this is more so with women and people who are mothers or who are caregivers and tending to other people every day. Um, You're so used to kind of just helping others around you or being that support system for others that it's just like, no, I can't take time to do this because I have to take care of, you know, these other people or whatever. Um, Honestly, you guys are like the number one people that should be implementing self-care. I mean, everybody should be implementing self-care, but like specifically if you are in a line of work that is extremely stressful or always having to pour into other people, you should especially have a self-care plan in practice because you are not going to be able to properly show up and show out if yourself is not properly functioning. Trust me, I know. Um, as someone who works in the consulting field and I'm constantly having to like, I feel like it's kind of a performance because naturally I'm really quiet and reserved, but obviously I have to turn it on when I'm with my clients. But as someone who is like constantly solving problems and trying to find like holes in people's plans and strategies and then help them be more efficient and better, if I'm not properly okay as an individual, like that day might just be an off day for me. And it's so interesting because this actually happened the other week. Um, I, I was kind of just like energy was kind of down or whatever. I was like really tired and I was in a meeting and um, my client goes, wow, Lakira, like that wasn't your usual, like really high energy response. Like, I hope everything is okay. <laughs> That's like a prime example of when you haven't taken the necessary care for yourself, you won't be able to show up in those environments that you need to or in the way that you want to. Um, and that kind of like opened my eyes. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even know people were like realizing or paying attention to the energy in my voice, but you know, I guess so. And so when they kind of mentioned that, I was like, oh, I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm just a little tired today or whatever. Um, And so after that happened, I ended up taking a day off to kind of recover because I did realize like, okay, you are getting a little tired and a little exhausted. So when the client calls, kind of mentioned that and called me out, Um, I did realize that, okay, I am a little more tired. I probably should take a break pretty soon because again, if you listen to the episode where I was talking about burnout, the point is to prevent you from reaching a point of burnout. So these self-care practices that we're going to implement are going to prevent us becoming overly stressed out, which will ultimately lead to burnout. Okay. If you haven't listened to the episode, go back and listen to it. It was really good. 
So yeah, um, again, like not implementing these self-care practices really affect your person and then it affects your ability to show up with other people and all the other avenues and environments you participate in. Um, so that was just like a little sign like, oh, okay, you're, you're not functioning in the normal like state <laughs> that your clients are used to. Uh, you should probably go take a break so you can show up the way you need to again. Um, so after that, I was like, okay, let me take it easy. Like that, the weekend that followed that incident, I made sure like I wasn't really like packing my weekend which, with a bunch of stuff to do. I um, made myself like a new recipe. Um, yeah, I just did like things that, you know, make me happy and relax me. So my point was that those of us who have to show up for other people, we are kind of like, you should absolutely have a self-care practice. And honestly, all of us show up for other people because we all have our spheres and circles of influence. Um, and we're always interacting with other people every day. So self-care is for everybody, but I was just emphasizing making an example of what it looks like when, you know, you don't properly implement your self-care and then you start to get in a little funk and then other people start to notice it too. And then it might affect your performance um, at work or just, you know, in all your other interactions or environments. So now let's talk about some ways to implement self-care. And I'm going to use myself as an example and just keep in mind that this is going to look different for everyone because we are all different and unique individuals with different personality types. So for me, most of my self-care practices are going to um, just involve me as an individual and they're going to be done mainly in solitude um, because I do have a very introverted personality and I am really quiet and reserved. Um, most of my kind of time where I'm re-energizing myself and getting myself back aligned is going to be spent in solitude. And that's based off of my very unique personality, right? Versus maybe someone who is more extroverted. Um, maybe their activities are done more in groups or with other people. Um, so just keep that in mind. All of this is going to look different. It's going to be very specific to what you have going on in your life, um, your personality, your you know time, availability, whatever. So for me, as a single woman with no children who is introverted, <laughs> most of my practices are going to be done, one, at home and by myself. Um, so just putting that disclaimer out there, it's... Like, please do what is best for you in your life. That is the whole point. We want to live authentically, okay? And we want to do what's best for us so that we can live our best lives. So if you listen to my burnout and boundaries episode, then you kind of already have an idea of what I do to implement self-care in my life. But I'm going to kind of break it up into categories and then also obviously go deeper into why I'm doing what I'm doing. So first, I want to start off with physical self-care. So physical self-care, obviously, this is tending to your physical self, your body, you know, your internal, like, organs and all that good stuff. So for me, that looks like 
Um, exercising regularly, obviously we all know how important it is to exercise regularly and move our bodies and mindful eating. Mindful eating looks like being mindful about what you were putting into your body in terms of the um, nutrition value, making sure you're not overeating, making sure you're not eating too many things that you shouldn't be eating. So like sugars, heavy oils and fats, um, you know, just junk food, things that are just kind of like a given, like, okay, I shouldn't be eating too much of this. Um, and drinking water, we all know how important it is to drink our water. Yes, yes, yes. So those are like physical self-care practices. Those are kind of a given. Um, but to go into a little bit more physically. So for me, I, I really had to think about my body in how I was feeling in my body. So before I started like really working out regularly and everything, I kind of felt sluggish. Like, you know, after you eat a really heavy meal and you just feel really sluggish, like that's how my diet and my lack of movement was making me feel. It was making me feel really sluggish and kind of like moody and more just, it just, I just felt heavier. Um, and obviously I was like gaining weight and everything. I wasn't at like a healthy weight. So that's how I felt physically. But assessing that and then realizing that I needed to properly focus on better habits for my physical health, I implemented small things in my day to make sure that I was improving my physical health. So like drinking more water, I stopped drinking any kind of like sugary drinks. Uh, I wasn't really a huge soda. I've never actually been a huge soda person to begin with. But like fruit juices that were like high in sugar, I completely eliminated from my diet. Um, even like sometimes when I go out to eat, it is very rare that I will order anything other than water to drink. Like I've gotten to a habit now where I really, I only drink water and tea. And obviously I socially drink or I have like a glass of red wine with my dinner every now and then. But I, those are kind of the only things that I really drink. I don't really drink anything that's not water or tea. And I limit my alcohol intake as well. But like just being more mindful about what I'm putting in, into my body. Realizing that sugar is literally, oh my God, having a sugar addiction is, it's so wild. So realizing that I needed to tackle my sugar addiction because I it really felt like an addiction like I remember one day I literally went through my pantry and I got I threw I literally threw like sugar out and I'm somebody who loves to bake so I always have like the essentials for baking like sugar flour you know baking soda baking powder all that good stuff I literally went to my cabinet because I was like look here we have to get this under control we got to get it together I literally going, I remember going through my pantry, my refrigerator and literally throwing all of the sweets out in like the actual legitimate bag of sugar that I have. I remember throwing all of that out to just clean it out of my presence. And I essentially went like cold turkey with sugar. And when I tell you like the withdrawal from sugar was like wild, it was wild. But I substituted those artificial sugars and sweeteners with natural sugar so like fruits and that helped kick the the craving really really good to the point where like 
I was like super sensitive to like the sweetness of artificial sweeteners and sugars. Like when I was eating desserts and stuff, like if I would like go out or whatever and I would have a dessert, I couldn't eat the whole piece of cake or pie. I would literally have to take a few bites. I was so sensitive to the sugar because I hadn't been eating it. Um, <laughs> like to the point where it was just like, I didn't even want it. Like, no, I'm okay. I don't, it's too sweet. I don't want it. I'm fine. Like, I don't even like, like it like that anymore. Um, so yeah, sugar is an addiction, but like being more mindful of what you're putting into your body and how it's making you feel. Once I like cleaned up my diet and I started moving my body every day, I noticed I was less moody because working out, it gives you that like boost of like, I don't know what the chemical is, but it gives you like a boost of just good energy and you just like feel like you can take over the world. So my mood was stabilizing, um, being more mindful about my eating. I had, I was less bloated. So like that inflammation went down. I was able to like process my food better, like just everything improved um and obviously if you're working out and you're coupling it with proper diet you're gonna lose weight so like i was toning up i was losing some of that extra fat that was in like those you know areas that i didn't want them in i had more energy like my sleep was so much better like yes 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 so properly tending to your physical self is really important um, because as a result of doing those adjustments to like my physical health, it started to kind of soak into the other areas of my life. So when I talk about like my emotional well-being, like my mood was stabilizing because I was eating more nutritious food and I was moving my body and just being more mindful about what I was doing physically. So like my mood was getting better. So like my mental state was improving. I was less stressed out, less anxious. Um, my emotions, less moody. Um, I was just more in like good spirits, good energy. Like it really like that physical foundation really kind of affects all the other realms of your life as well. So for physically, um, I was doing those practices, but then also having a relationship with a primary care physician. I make sure that I stay on top and I'm pretty regular with all of my medical appointments. So like going to, you know, my um, primary doctor for my annual physical as a person with a vagina and female parts, going to a gynecologist um, is crucial for me just to make sure, you know, everything is functioning and everything. Um, getting all of those tests done, making sure like where your glucose and your insulin levels are, your thyroid, like, you know, it's just really good to stay on top of all of these different physical elements of your body and make sure everything is functioning properly. So those are parts of my self-care that I do daily and just regularly on a routine schedule. Um, moving into the emotional self-care practices that I do. Emotional self-care that I do is I journal um because we as humans we are dealing with other humans and we are dealing with just so much stuff in the world especially the last few years with us being in a global pandemic um a lot of us are burnt out and we don't even know it because we are just so exhausted of like constantly being in a heightened level of stress due to all of this disease and sickness and death around us and you know maybe some of our 
administrations not properly responding to certain things the way that they need to, you know, just the political climate. Like we are constantly under so much stress and just scrutiny as individuals. So caring for that emotional um, (laughs) well-being is crucial. So for me, that looked like not consuming too much news, not consuming too much like bad news or like really violent graphic content um, that was like really sad and depressing. Like obviously you want to stay in the know of what's going on, but not to go down wormholes where you're literally like that's all you're consuming. You're all just consuming negative content every day, all day. Like limit that. Like yes, stay in the know of what's going on. So for me, kind of like, you know, throughout the day or not throughout the day, but like kind of towards the middle of the day, just like not in the morning. I try not to do this in the morning or at night before I go to bed. So usually somewhere just during the day where I have enough space before and after, I'll kind of just check major trending news or honestly, I just depended on like my friends or family to like, oh, did you hear about this? And I was like, oh no, I haven't heard about that. Like I was like, intentionally not trying to watch the news or whatever because I realized it was starting to take a toll on me and you start to lose your faith in humanity (laughs) when you were just taking in all this negative content because you're just like dang humans are a mess we can't get nothing right um but you know there's there's bad and good everywhere so there's that but consuming too much negativity um can really put a damper on your mood so that's what I did for my emotional health, not consuming too much negative content, um, journaling, doing daily brain dumps of just my day. And just like, even if I don't know what I want to write about, just start writing, just start writing. And I promise you, once you start writing, things are just going to start coming out and it's going to start flowing and whatever needs to be released is just going to come out and be released. So I have been journaling since 2014. So I have so many journals and I just have like so many brain dumps and I'm able to kind of go back and read where I was in certain aspects of my life. And it's just so, so interesting kind of going back and seeing the things that I was stressed out about. Um, Like, I'm pretty sure my younger self, if she knew where I was now, she would be like, oh, I don't need to stress out about this. It's going to be fine. But yeah, journaling journaling and keeping a gratitude journal um, will really keep you in the present as someone who is extremely future oriented and always trying to achieve the next goal it's it's really hard for me to stay in the present and so I have to try a little harder with um, remaining in present so keeping a journal and journaling every day and also doing a gratitude journal um, are two tools that have been really beneficial to my emotional and mental well-being as well as having a relationship with a mental health counselor honestly when i started implementing a lot of these um practices individually that definitely benefited me but i really felt a like major 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 difference when I started going to therapy because my therapist was able to help me make sense of like why I was feeling things that I was feeling and in a very non-judgmental 
way. And she also validated a lot of my experience and feelings that I was having. It's, it's so important for us to not invalidate other people's feelings or experiences because we are not in their bodies. We do not know their experience. So having that relationship with a non-judgmental, non-biased third party person is like, was everything to me. She was able to give me tools on how to reframe my thought patterns, um, give me good tools of like when I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling overly stressed, things to do to kind of mitigate those stressors. Even like different scenarios that had to come up in my life, she like helped me like <laughs> walk through them um, and work through them. So that's really when I kind of like, that kind of just sped up everything. So like me also doing the things that I was doing as an individual for like my physical health um, and then also partnering up with a professional, it just like sped everything up tenfold, which is beautiful because for me, um, the way that I operate, I'm just like, let's find a solution now. Like I need a solution now, let's fix it. Cause that's just how my brain works. It's extremely like logical and analytical. So for me, it I just view it as like, if I'm if my arm is hurting, I'm going to the doctor because we need to figure out why my arm is hurting and make it stop hurting. <laughs> so for me, if it's like, I'm overly anxious, I'm stressed out, I'm having anxiety attacks, I need to figure out why these are happening and ways to get it to stop. So for me, it was just like, I want to get healthier. I want to not feel like this anymore. So that's what pushed me to go into therapy. And Mike's like, honestly, that's like the best thing I've ever done in my life. Oh my goodness. Um, doing that, it just, oh, I just got so clear on who I was and like, just, oh, it was amazing. That's what I was doing for my emotional and mental well-being. Those journaling, um, brain dumps daily, that gratitude journal, having a relationship with the mental health professional. Um, one thing that I think is really crucial also is maintaining um, and establishing healthy relationships with other people. Um, and this can be professionally or like with your family, your friends, or even if you are dating. Um, having healthy boundaries and expectations with those relationships. So as a young 20-something woman who was single, um, who had like gone through a pretty difficult breakup and then was single for a period of time and then had started dating. And then now I'm in a, um, a very good, healthy relationship now. So like having these, <laughs> the two sides of the spectrum of like leaving a chaotic relationship to now being in a very healthy relationship and everything in between, um, all of that time spent was me just trying to learn how to properly establish and maintain boundaries that I had set for myself and in making sure that others were respecting that too. So basically in a nutshell, anything that was kind of going against my morals or my values or anything that I knew that, that I like knew for a fact was not compatible with me had to go. It's as simple as that. Like it, it, it has to go. Um, so like when I was dating, for example, 
because I was so clear on who I was and what I wanted and I had already before I started dating, I would recommend this before you start dating, already know what your boundaries are, already know what you want, already know what you're looking for. And this is in friendships, platonic friendships, and also romantic relationships. Already have that stuff figured out so that when you're dating, you're able to recognize when it's not there. I think that's, I think that's like the number one thing that saved me. <laughs> um, and I started doing that because I, I was really intentional about my, about being single because there was a period of time where like I actually wasn't dating anyone because I was just working on myself. I was like doing my deep, deep therapy work. And just like my deep internal work of getting my life together. So during that time, I was like, I don't want to be distracted by anybody because I know how I am when I get into relationships. When you get into a relationship, like you have kind of like less time for yourself because now you have this other person that you're focusing on. So I was like, this is my prime time to get everything in alignment and for me to be solid and good. So I intentionally went months without... It was like, I actually intentionally went really, it was like almost a year. It was like a little less than a year that I spent not dating anyone, like not going out on a date, not talking to anyone. But yeah, I was really intentional with my relationships. And out of that, I wrote down all of my boundaries, all of the things I was looking for, all the things that I wanted in my future relationship. And... When I spent that intentional time being single and getting my emotional and mental health together and getting solid on who I was, that was able to benefit me in my relationship world. So when it comes to relationships, um, I, for the most part, already have my expectations and like boundaries established in my head of what I want that relationship Um to be like when it comes to you know platonic friends and romantic dating partners I already like I <laughs> I know what I'm looking for and I know what I expect out of a friendship like I know I'm a good friend so I want somebody to also be a good friend to me I know that I'm a good dating partner so I want somebody else to be a good dating partner to me and then you just break it down into like well what does that look like for me as a mid 20 am I even mid 20 anymore I'm 26 someone who oh god am I in my late 20s now what is life I think I'm in my late 20s now as someone who is in their mid to late 20s there we go <laughs> as someone who is in their mid to late 20s and also as someone who does want to be a mother one day and as someone who wants to be married one day but be in a healthy committed monogamous relationship there are certain things that i'm going to look for when i am dating um when i'm dating around granted i'm in a relationship now so all of this is kind of just in retrospect of what i was doing but when i was dating like I had already knew what my expectations were. I had already knew what I wanted. So anything that did not look like that, it had to go basically. Um, and I was able to date really successfully because I was so solid in my boundaries and my expectations that basically anyone that didn't really align with what I was looking for or I like, like felt wasn't compatible with me, I was you know able to 
um, politely tell them like, hey, I don't think this is going to work out or whatever. And, and in the dating experience with them and people have, men have done that with me too. I've had guys tell me like, Hey, you know, I don't think this is going to work out. I don't think we're compatible. And I'm just like, Hey, that's fine. That just like, that just goes with dating. It's completely fine. Um, but I think it's really important to already kind of know those, know those expectations and know those boundaries of what you are expecting out of that relationship. Um, when it comes to, you know, platonic friendships, knowing what it means to be a friend and also being able to recognize when someone isn't being a friend to you. Um, when it comes to family relationships, same same thing applies. Like just because you're related by blood, <laughs> they're still a human at the end of the day. So you're not going to get along with everyone. But knowing how to how to manage those relationships in a way that isn't, and I'm not talking about like, oh, cut everybody off, whatever, whatever. Like, it, no, like we're not out here trying to be rude or really brash or impulsive. We're out here trying to be good individuals who are cultivating a life of peace, okay? And we're trying to have a, a good quality life. So we're going to treat people with respect regardless of how we are related to them. Um, but also know that we're all humans and you don't have to be best buzz with everybody. Um, like if something is not serving you, regardless of who they are, you are allowed to remove yourself from that situation and seek help on how to remove yourself from that situation. Like you do not have to sit here and allow yourself to be mistreated like by anyone, regardless of who they are. I don't believe in that. That's me. It can be your own mother or father. I'm still not going to advocate for that. I, I'm not, I'm not the one that may be an unpopular opinion, but that's not me at all. Like I'm all here for, Hey, if it's a human and it's the engagement or the interaction is negative, I'm always going to be like, girl, leave, <laughs> get out of there. Um, so that's how I implement self-care relationally is already having those set expectations and boundaries and knowing how I interact with people. And if I feel like, you know, the interaction that I'm having with this person or these persons are not up, are not up to my standard, then I will leave the situation or I will decrease my interaction with them. Cause some people, you know, you can't get away with interacting with some people. Maybe, you know, you work with them or they are in your family. So just finding out ways to kind of, you know, limit your interaction is an act of self-care or not interacting with them at all is also an act of self-care and blocking people is also an act of self-care. So, so there's that unfollowing and blocking people and limiting your interactions or nor interactions at all all self-care when we're dealing with humans and relationships. Um, so there's that relationally. So we've talked about self-care. We've explained what it is. We've talked about why it's important. And we've discussed different ways to implement it from my personal experience. So of course, the takeaway for this is that self-care is going to be unique to your individual person. So some of the things that I do, you can definitely try them to see if they work. But again, I'm just speaking from my personal experience and it may look different depending on the person. So take what works for you and throw away the rest. Self-care is a lifelong process. 
so it's not something that we need to try to like perfect because it's gonna always evolve and change depending on where we are in our life and what we have going on at any given time so i hope this was helpful i hope this motivates us to put ourselves first and of course you guys can follow me on instagram at Lakira Kayla and also at love is underscore light and feel free to DM me if you have any questions or if you have any ideas of topics that you would want to hear more about definitely definitely feel free to reach out and with that I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up today's episode I will talk to y'all next time